This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at MedEdMedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. Uh, I'm Dave Etler. Short Coats, it's an amazing day in medical education. As we record this, we're preparing for the white coat ceremony, in which we welcome our new medical students into their new profession and mark this important transition in their lives uh, in front of their families and their friends uh, in the audience at the beautiful Hancher Auditorium. MD, PhD students, Aline Sanduke, uh, sorry, Aline Sanduke. Aline. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and so DJ Maddie Mix are here with me in the studio. <laughs> Y'all, what do you remember about your white coat ceremony. Do you remember being uh, uh, proud, in awe, um, excited? Maddie, yours is the most recent. <laughs> I think remember. it was a very exciting day. I think I was also very tired after all of orientation activities mm-hmm. that I remember getting the coat, walking up there, and going to bed afterwards, <laughs> after all the pictures. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, yeah, so M, M, the M1s will be led in by members of the faculty. Mm-hmm. The keynote speech will be by uh, Kimberly Leslie, MD, professor, and uh, Jennifer R. Niebel, endowed chair in the department of OB, OB-GYN. And then the M1s will have their short coats bestowed upon them by Dean Cooper and Dean Winokur. And then uh, is the key moment in the ceremony, taping, taking the Hippocratic Oath uh, in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's kind of cool. Uh, definitely an interesting way to begin a professional school, probably one of the few, uh, professional, um, college ceremonies of its kind. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, first create first, uh, proposed and created by the Arnold P. Gold Foundation. Um, and, uh, so that's kind of cool. Aline, do you remember your white coat? I was going to say, uh, I remember, don't judge me for this, but I did cry a little bit. Nice. I found it very meaningful. Yeah. Um, what did you find meaningful about it uh, in, in, in hindsight, in recollection? I think it was the moment where it hit me how many years and how much money and how much blood See, and that's, sweat that, and tears. That sounds less meaningful and more... Uh, well, I guess that's meaningful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, in, not quite in the way I envisioned. I expected you to be like, I was just so grateful to be welcomed into the, well, the yeah. career yeah, yeah. of medicine and helping people. And you're like, yeah, it's going to cost a shitload of money. And uh, oh, no, no, no. it's possible I'm... I might die before I am done. <laughs> I meant <laughs> get insurance. <laughs> that's still possible. But it, I mean, it, it takes a lot of work to get into med school. And it's usually, like no one, well, some people, but very few people just wake up one day and say, I think I'm gonna go be a doctor today. You know, it's something, some people even plan in like high school and like start thinking about it. You know, it's a multi-year endeavor. Um, And it's not a small cost, you know, even just taking the MCAT is expensive and most people will take a prep class, which is also expensive. 
Um, and then just the application and the set, like it, you know, it's the culmination of many, many things that sort of hit me all at once in that moment. I was like, I finally made it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and our keynote speaker was, um, it was Anne Broderick. Mm. And yeah, so she's yeah. a palliative care doctor, wonderful person. And she, she told a beautiful story, I think about, um, if I remember right, it was a migrant family that had come to Iowa um, for agriculture, you know, seasonal work. And they're, I think someone's car had broken down on the side of the road. And as they were going to work, they stopped off to help this person. And um, it was a great story that culminated in a quote that like sticks by me a lot, which is like, be strong, but not too strong. Always ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. that's really it's good to hear on good advice. before day one. Yeah. 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 Cause I think, uh, you know, it's tempting to want to present a, uh, ultra competent face to the world. And, you know, we all wear this mask from t- for most, most of the time that we know what the hell we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's not always <laughs> Maddie's like that. I don't know where I put mine. <laughs> my mask. Well, that's yeah. good. That's great. Yeah. We've had a lot of good speakers over the years. It's, uh, it's really interesting to, to go and watch. It's not a boring ceremony. Yeah. Um, we don't do boring ceremonies. And I think that's largely thanks to, uh, Dean Cooper's, uh, urology jokes, yeah. um, <laughs> which he works into as many things as he can. <laughs> Um, I was just going to say there was another meaningful moment uh, when I got on stage to put on my white coat. He said, uh, it must feel good to get out of the corner, right? And he was referring to like an orientation activity in Bean where like I was, yeah, I, I'm kind of an introvert and like in a room full of people, I get a little bit mm-hmm. sweaty and nervous and mm-hmm. I, trend, I tend to like a ball up into the nearest corner. Mm-hmm. And I remember he came over and like saw me in the corner was like chatting me up. And then when I got on stage and he went to put my white coat on, he goes, must feel good to get out of the corner, huh? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Crying. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, um, he's a very attentive person. He remembers person. things like that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He has attention. Um, and then uh, you, you promptly uh, uh, jump right into uh, classes and things um, that basically the following Monday you're you're stuck you're, into it. You're in the anatomy lab yep. day one. Yeah. <laughs> you hit the ground running. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's cool. Um, what else do we want to talk about? <laughs> uh, like leading up to the first day of med school? Whatever you like. <laughs> Mother of God. <laughs> um, well, do you want to talk about your concert? Because I was pretty yeah, excited that to hear cool. about it. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, I, I want everyone to stop what they're doing and turn the radio up because we're about to hear how cool as hell dave uh, yeah i don't understand i went on a thursday night i know no less to I, another city yeah yeah well it, you know it was uh it's my it was our uh there were two events we were celebrating uh one was my 20th wedding anniversary um hey, congratulations which might actually be the 19th um, <laughs> but there's a little math problem there how do you not how do you not Shut know this? It up. happens once a year. I know. And it's happened at least 18 times, what, according to what, What's funny is that Christine and I have been like, what year do we get married? 1998? So anyway, I think it's 20 years. Um, I'm pretty sure it's 20 years. Uh, uh, I'm just happy that I'm in the ballpark. Yeah. Fair. And uh, also my son's uh, 15th birthday. So 
Mm-hmm. We, uh, which is the day after our anniversary. That that little nugget right there on the wall. Fifteen years old. Fifteen years old. <laughs> Dave has this adorable picture uh, in his office of uh, both of his children as, when they were really little, super youngins. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they don't look like that much anymore. No, they're grown up. Um. So yeah, we went to uh, Ben Folds and Violent Femmes concert. Actually, the other way around. Violent Femmes opened, um, and Ben Folds was the headline, and. Actually, it was Ben Folds 5, so it was the whole crew. Um, He does perform alone, though. He does, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he does. The whole band is good. The last time we went to see him was uh, in Cedar Rapids, and it was just him and his his piano. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's my my brush with fame. I don't know if I've ever told you this before, Aline. But uh, I went to a... uh, I used to work at MTV Networks, Mm -hmm. and I went to... A, um, a taping of one of their, uh, they had a sketch comedy show called The State. Yes. And yeah. Michael Ian Black. Yeah, and, yeah. And I went to a taping of The State with, uh, with Anna Goodman, a friend of mine, and uh, Ben Foltz. And uh, that was when they were, I think it was after they were married, but they were still hanging out. God, I should. I don't know if I should say all this. Anyway, point is, it's not scandalous. My brush, <laughs> my brush with fame, and I'm sure I, you know, like if I went up to, I, you know, every time I see a Ben Folds concert, I fantasize by going up to him and say, "Hey, you remember that thing?" And no, <laughs> it's me. Be, remember, he'll be like, "No, don't remember that at all." <laughs> but I do remember uh, years later uh, when I had moved away from New York, and uh, I was driving in the car, and I heard a Ben Folds song on the radio. And at the time, you know, this is 1990, probably three or four or something yeah you know he wasn't uh famous yet mm-hmm. um he's doing a lot of touring and you know had a had a fan base for sure but he wasn't to my knowledge on the radio and then all of a sudden i heard this song and i was like what that's awesome so it's very that's excited. really cool <laughs> that's super cool and so that's my uh single brush with uh with fame i have a similar story do you mm-hmm. um do you guys remember the band uh simple plan yes mm-hmm. vaguely right yes. So, uh, so they actually went to the same high school as my brothers in Montreal oh. and I, I had never heard of them and I wasn't familiar, but when you look up their names, they're like extremely French Canadian names and I can't, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but like, I thought my brothers were making fun of me, but like we actually pulled up the yearbook pictures and they're like, yeah, there's the lead singer and then there's the guy. And I, I think that they come like, I'm pretty sure that they were there at the same time, but yeah. So not me, but genetically related right. to that, someone yeah, who had a brush is, with yeah. yeah, no, that counts. Yeah. Totally. I have to yeah. say that at the uh, at the concert last night, uh, it was populated by people my age <laughs> to a large extent. <laughs> yeah. I think my, uh, my son and his friend um, were like an, the only two people from whatever, you know, Gen Z or whatever that they're from. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Got to see a lot of uh, a lot of olds uh, rock in the suburbs, and uh, <laughs> you know, gyrating and you know, basically making fools of themselves. Yeah, it was, I... it was great. He, he he does a great concert. Yeah, um, he includes the audience. He's very funny, um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Highly recommended. Nice. So, well, then, having dispensed with my brush with fame. Mm-hmm. And my concert. I 
I don't know if you may want to, maybe I won't tell the story or maybe I will and you can cut it out. But uh, I don't know if you guys remembered, but Tom Segura was in town a couple of weeks ago, the stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. And I'd been looking forward to this show for months. Mm-hmm. Like I bought these tickets, I think in February or January. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, I ended up getting kicked out of the show for using my phone because the show was delayed and mm-hmm. the opener had just gone on stage. What? And our, our, I know, what's the lamest reason you can think of someone getting kicked out of a show? It's politely and quietly letting your third know that if they hurry, they can still make the show. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say where it was because I want to protect the Paramount's privacy. You know, um, you can believe that. Rapids. Yeah, yeah, you can believe them out. No, nope, I think I might leave it in. So, okay, so y- you get there and there's signs everywhere is saying very explicitly, like any phone usage of any kind will result in immediate ejection. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you go to the TSA, of course there are signs saying you have to take your shoes off, but they still yell it at you constantly, right? <laughs> Not a single person was like, hey, by the way, in case you didn't see the millions of signs, we will immediately kick you out, no questions so, asked. Mm-hmm. So your defense is, your defense is that they, they also didn't say things to you. Kinda. <laughs> like, so we got our tickets, we got through security, we got, I went to get food, and I think during, uh, when like people were getting settled in, like Tom himself came over the announcement to be like, Hey guys, seriously, no phones. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I get it because like, if he's on tour, he's probably using the same jokes, you know, show to oh, show. Right, yeah. So he doesn't want, oh, right. He doesn't want the jokes to be preempted. Not, and I get that. Not just a, um, you know, pay attention to me thing, that, but also he doesn't want protecting one's intellectual property mm-hmm. and the, the, yeah. sh- the, the integrity of the show itself. Yeah. All right, I can buy that. I a hundred percent get it. it. I can Absolutely. Buy that. So we take our seats and I always get my favorite seats in every venue is like the top of the balcony, but the very front seat. So there's mm-hmm. no one sitting in front mm-hmm. of yeah, yeah. Um, And this was a mistake, as I found out, because it was extremely obvious because of how visible I was that I had taken my phone. At, and I was sitting like this, like with my phone in my lap and like it was just the opener and everyone was chit chatting and getting settled in. And the show was like 45 minutes late. Mm-hmm. And this woman stalks over and is like you're using your phone you need to get out now and she was like she wasn't yelling but she was like yell whispering she's like you need to leave right no i don't care when you're using i couldn't believe it i could not (laughs) and i was so shell-shocked i was like i'm just letting my friend know that he can make it i'll immediately put it away or Mm -hmm. you can take it if you want wow yeah she wasn't having it i didn't even try to reason with her she was very upset like she was saying stuff like get out now and i was like i've oh, never been spoken to in my lame. life like that i was like <laughs> i'm sweating for you i'm I know, sweating for you. I know. and like i respond to strong shows of authority so i was like immediately yeah whatever you want i'll Just leave up. right now yeah <laughs> And then if that wasn't bad, she literally and my friend, very classy, she's like, I'll come with you. We'll go have dinner. It'll be fine. Um, and then she made fun of me all night, which I would have been upset if she hadn't made fun of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, every time, response. Yeah. Everything we went to that night, she was like, did you see the sign? Yeah. Don't, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and she still does that. But uh, yeah, she then Ugh. like marched us you out of get, our seats. You can get fries or coleslaw, Aline, but nothing else. Okay. <laughs> I hope you saw that in the menu. Don't order off the menu. Did you see the sign? Yeah. Uh, Shellfish, uncooked shellfish (laughs) could be a problem. Warning from the FDA. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. You're on your own. I could not believe it. So she literally, like, 
waited for me to, and I had just bought like $50 worth of merchandise for a show I didn't even get to f see now. <laughs> I have this amazing poster signed by Tom Segura, and I'm still gonna put it up. It's a cool poster. It was done by an Iowa artist. I'll show you a picture. But now when people point at it in my house and go, how was it? I'll be like, I don't know. I don't know how it was. Does the poster say no phones? <laughs> Maybe it does. Maybe I just didn't see. It. You know, if you ever I wasn't paying attention, if you ever go, um, if you ever get to see him again, and maybe there's an autograph session or something like that, you got to. I guarantee you, I will bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I went on to uh, message him on Facebook, and I also messaged the Paramount to be like, "Hey, first off, I take full personal responsibility oh, for breaking the rules. Oh, like, so you're continuing this, okay? Well, I decided to because, like, the tickets were fifty bucks a piece. Yeah. So, like, it's not a small amount of money, plus the $50 I spent on a show I didn't even get to see now for the merch. So, you know, and I I want to be clear, like, I broke the rules and I deserve to face the consequences. But other friends of mine went to other Iowa shows of his and, like, they also had their phones out, but they were told, you know, very sternly, but they were told, you know, uh, no phones, put your phone away, please, or step out into the hall. Like, there's a thousand things she could have done before resorting to the most extreme one of, like, yeah. brow beating me out of there. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know if I can support this uh, no. draconian. Yeah. Oh, the excuse best... me, I'm dying. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just perishing. Do you want some water? No, I'll just <laughs> use some saliva. Power through it. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part, though, is that she literally marched behind me. Yeah, she frog marched like, her ass, all right? the way out the door. Like, not even to the lobby, but, like, out the front. Like, she practically, like, kangaroo kicked me yeah. out. The it was... Do you guys ever watch uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Mm -hmm. yeah? yeah. Where the dad throws jazz out. <laughs> it was almost like that. Did so. she throw you through a plate gla glass window? I hope so. I mean, short of. Yeah, yeah. practically. <laughs> so I did write to them. And stay out! <laughs> I thought about coming back to be like, hey, um, I learned my lesson. I'll never do this again. You should you please let me. You should have come back with a mustache. <laughs> with a little groucho mark. Yeah. Right. Hello, world. <laughs> and like a come hat. Come back to enjoy this, uh, this fine show you have going on I heard on there here. was an empty seat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, yeah. That's great. They were basically like, hey, sorry, but that's what the performer told us to do. And I was like, you know... There's other ways to confiscate, like if you, there's nothing to stop someone from keeping, never technically taking their phone out, but still recording the whole show. Like yeah. you're not yes. doing, you owe him, you know, the respect of enforcing the rules, but you also owe me the experience I paid for. So, it, mm -hmm. yeah, but. Oh dear. I love that story. Um, I could, mostly I because I'm sweating for you. I still have PTSD and, from being told to get out yeah. and get out now and you're done. I've never been talked to that way in my, I was like, I'm so, I, was, I turned into a five-year-old. I was like, oh, okay, whatever, mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying to imagine a situation where I've been treated similarly, except by my parents or somebody. And when I did something very, very naughty. I've seen drunk people be treated more civilly than that. Yeah. Of like, mm -hmm. sir, could you please leave the establishment? And I was so polite. I was like, yeah, of course. And I started gathering my stuff up because I'm not an animal. Yeah. And also, mm -hmm. I didn't want to end up on the internet as like yeah. a freak out public person. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's not a yeah. good idea. That's not right. a good look. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, you get arrested for uh, for some sort of uh, disturbing the peace charge and that would that would ruin your day especially I, yeah. especially in med school where you actually would have to then report your uh 
Well, I also didn't want to ruin the show for everyone else. And I didn't want to ruin the opening, yeah, yeah. you know, totally. um, set. And, and yeah, it was the right thing to do. But then when I went to talk to her in the hallway, like in a very stern face, like, like I was like, okay, I've, I've already lost this battle. I'll just mm-hmm. yep, take no, my lumps and you made go. The, the, right, the right call. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Say love you. It's in direct con- contrast at the uh, at the Ben Folds concert. You know, they, so we we had uh, food with us in the venue. Mm. Um, the rules are, you know, no food. Yeah. Uh, but Christine insisted on bringing it from the car, and I was like, well, I guess the worst that can happen is they'll throw it away. So you know, we uh, we we're in line for our seats, and the guard comes out, and he's and he's uh, you know, he's like you know checking the bags, right? And Christine's like, I have food in here. Like she has this urge to confess. She's like, I have food in here. He's like, I don't care about food, ma'am. I'm looking for guns and explosives. And <laughs> they have their priorities straight. Good right. for yeah. them. Yeah. Right. And Fuck then, the uh, food. I want a bomb or bullets, whatever. But Christine is like, you know, we f- seemed focused on the, the, the naughty thing she was doing uh, <laughs> instead of the naughty thing they really cared about. Yeah. And so she kept talking about the food. He's like, I, I don't care. I'd like to, he'd like, she said, I'd like to move on. <laughs> Lady, take your win and walk. <laughs> take it. And then we get up to the then we get up to the counter where they're they're uh, putting on the the wristbands, and she's got her bag of food, and she puts it on the counter, and I'm like, give me that. Like she's looking for someone yeah. to get her in trouble for this. I'm like, give me that. They've already basically said they don't give a shit. <laughs> they just want to put the band on you. So yeah, awesome. totally different, totally different experience. You know, different. This was an outdoor have... venue. This is an outdoor venue. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe different. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, different venues, different performers have a lot. And like they're it's reasonable, right? Like they yeah. are trying to make money because when I buy my ticket, my money is not going to Paramount. It's going to Tom Segura. Mm-hmm. So what they make money off of is him renting the place sure. and then alcohol sales. And yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I get it. But well, you know, uh, shortcoats. If you want to, uh, you know, make some sort of online petition for Aline's <laughs> for Aline's cause, that would be funny. Free Aline's hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. that Paramount kept. Whoa, yeah, that much? Expensive. Well, for three people. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So. They, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. If you want an online petition, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to stop you. Yeah. Um, or alternatively, if you want to create an online petition to tell Aline. That uh, she's a horrible person. To learn how to f-ing read, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> then you can do that as well. And dual petition. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a break because uh, Maddie, Aline, I've been working on a t shirt design for our coming semester's fundraising efforts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I don't know. I, I What do you think? Uh, just give that to you, Maddie. Would you, uh, would you wear a t shirt with that on it? Um, can I read it? I mean, I don't think it'll translate audio wise, but I will put it up on Instagram. So shortly. So it says, I'm here today because this lecture is just so, and then in cross letters, mandatory slash fascinating. I resonate with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds like Stockholm syndrome. Like I'm so happy to be a hostage here. <laughs> Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I will post it on the Instagram. You can go check it out. Um, we still have three of the previous shirt left, two blue, two of the blue shirt in 2XL and XL and a black in 2XL. So if you want them, short coats, go grab them at the shortcoat.com slash store. So, and, uh, and we'll make some money for a good cause, which we have not decided on yet. 
uh, for this semester. You know, um, at first glance, this looks like a burger, and then uh, you realize it's a brain cut in half, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay. So this is promoting cannibalism. You may want to reconsider Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Well, you know, uh, people eat placentas. So <laughs> I think it's the only organ that you can eat without automatically being labeled a cannibal. Uh, Does it count as cannibalism if it's your own flesh, I guess is what you're saying. Yeah, but it's well, part of your own, part of the infants. It's it's a thing that people do. So I guess if you wanted a brain burger, that's a, yeah, that's a terrible idea. But, you know, mm. maybe I should have made a placenta burger. It's very pro-zombie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a book out there with the uh, Don't give birth recipes. any ideas. Yeah. There's a lot of weird recipe books out there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, guys, the headline, which I read this week and had to click on, scientists discover new pain-sensing organ. A new organ. Not again. An organ. Yeah. <laughs> An organ we've never noticed before. This is, uh, yeah, so you know I clicked on that. Yeah. Um... And yeah, this is the this is science clickbait. Uh, lately, seems like there's a new organ discovered every few months. Um, and for a change, I was only half disappointed. Uh, see, pain sensing nerve cells are surrounded by a type of Schwann cells in the outer layer of skin. Uh, and we know that Schwann cells produce. You can guys correct me if I'm wrong. We we I think we know that Schwann cells produce the myelin sheath around axons that assist in efficient nerve impulse transmission and uh, keep the nerve cells healthy, right? Am I doing yeah, all right? You're doing well. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what the researchers have found is that these cells also themselves sense pain. Um, and they figured this out using optogenetics, which involves modifying mice so that the Schwann cells produce a protein that absorbs light and changes in response, triggering those cells to transmit a signal. So when light was shown on the cells, the mice lifted their feet and showed other behaviors that signaled pain. So what does this all mean? Perhaps many painkillers have been ignoring this important mechanism, uh, which seems to increase or decrease sensitivity mm. to pain. And so, um, and you know, it has implications for chronic pain, for instance, which is difficult to treat mm -hmm. with uh, opioids and other drugs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, chronic pain doesn't do well with uh, drug treatment. No. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. I think that's really cool. I'm actually, I'm really glad that you posted this um, article today because... Um, this summer, I am researching a population of neurons. They're not uh, Schwann cells, but neurons that have been shown to inhibit pain and itch sensation. So I've spent this whole summer looking at the neural transmission oh. of pain and itch. That's so funny. I was. Yeah. What did you What did you actually do? Um, so I think many of you listeners have heard of uh, LJ. She's another MSTP oh, yeah. student, and she discovered this novel, never before seen group of neurons in the brainstem and she sort of activated Hang them on. sounds like clickbait science <laughs> discovers new neurons no, new neurons um and so she activated them and in mice it seems like they seem to inhibit pain and itch sensations and so it's cool to hear that um like typically from like sensing pain and itch from the periphery is a non-myelinated process um neuronally and so i think typically the i think in the article it described this these schwann cells as sort of this net-like structure underneath the skin that are sensing 
these nociceptive signals and sort of channeling it towards a non-myelinated neuron. Mm. I think that's really interesting because typically those sort of specialized endings or uh, there's things called Pacinian cork puzzles, Ruffini endings, typically are associated with neurons that only sense pressure and vibration. And so this is totally novel. Yeah. To have That's even a, more interesting than I yeah, read. About to have like a not understood, yeah, language. a myelinated process that is now transmitting pain and itch. I really want to read this paper. It came out like yesterday, so it was on my radar. As a person who once lost his myelin, I am interested in such things. Oh, really? I hadn't heard. <laughs> I know it's crazy. No one's ever heard me tell this story. Uh, you should tell it again, though. It's no, very that's all interesting. Right. I think, you know what, yeah. Elaine? <laughs> what friggin' rule breaker? <laughs> I'm not going to tell that story again. Fine. It's Long time listeners will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and if you don't, you just got to go back and keep listening to old episodes. Um, I've never, I don't think, I, I don't know if you have, Maddie. I've mm-hmm. never met anyone who had Guillain-Barre, actually. <gasps> you ruined it. Now they're like, oh, well, now we know. Mm, come Done. on. Eventually they were going to find out. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were going to tell it again. Let's be real. It's pretty cool, though. Uh, didn't they bring a bunch of med students to your bedside? Oh, uh, yeah. There were lots of... I didn't know who they were at the time, but I imagine that they were now med students or maybe uh, probably not interns because they're too busy. But mm-hmm. yeah, <clears throat> there were probably plenty of... Yeah, they were probably all med students. And they're like, oh, look at you. You're pretty cool. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so nice to see you. All right, anyone tuning in right at the second with no context, we're talking about Dave's medical history. Uh, and there, there was there was a totally legit reason for him to be making that impression. We? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we may be on the verge of winning the war on Ebola. Uh, oh, yeah. Two new mm-hmm. treatments among four that were undergoing a randomized trial in the Democratic Republic of Congo were so successful that WHO and whoever else they were working with like in the DRC, the federal... Um, research folks there elected to halt the use of the other two and distribute the drugs with the positive outcomes to all participants. The director, the general director of the DRC's federal medical research Institute says that from now on, we will no longer say that Ebola virus disease is not curable. Um, Ebola's mortality rates uh, range from 25 to 90%, depending on the outbreak, according to the WHO. Um, two successful drugs uh, with uh, acronymic names can bring mortality down to 6 and 11 percent, respectively, when caught early. Um, uh, they're somewhat less successful when later, but still much better than uh, 25 to, uh, well, much better than 90 percent anyway. Uh, of course, the trial is ongoing and more research is needed, but it's a very encouraging result. Um, and we, you know, we keep having these outbreaks um, mostly in, in Africa mm-hmm. and African countries. And, um, it's a, it's a tough one, you know, I mean, and we can't get too excited, um, because to date what has stopped Ebola isn't science, but basic principles of infectious disease control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, like you can have all of the treatments in the world to stop Ebola once it's begun. But the problem is, is that, you know, you have to identify victims, you have to isolate them, you have to identify those who've been contacted or have been in contact with infected people. Mm-hmm. You have to, um, you, you know, in many cases you have to change 
the um, the culture um, yeah. of the people to encourage things like safe burial of the dead, eliminating burial rites that involve close contact with infected bodies. None of that really is science as much as it is um, working with public people, health. public mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, so as long as those things aren't part of the picture, there will continue to be Ebola outbreaks. But it's a, you know, and, and also the DRC in particular uh, experiences a lot of violence. Travel for healthcare workers is often um, difficult or impossible. And there's a strong, often a strong distrust of government and outsiders that limits people's cooperation. So, yeah, there were some pretty sad stories, um, basically, of people, you know, seeing their loved one get sick. And then, you know, foreign service workers carting them off. And then next thing they know, that person's dead and they can't even see the body to bury them. So, right. like, from their perspective, I understand why they're suspicious. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's going on. They don't get to see the body. There's no proof their loved one died. And they don't even really understand what they died yeah, I mean, of. Think, right. think, think about that from an outsider's perspective, how, you know, mystifying that would be. Yeah. Um, and not just that, but, but how... Um, I don't know. That would I, I could see that leading to a lot of thoughts other than well, they're doing what's right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because I think when the when a patient dies, you have to bury the body immediately because I think around the time of death mm-hmm. is when it's the most transmissible, in, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but uh, you know, very cool, still, mm-hmm. um, and um, we'll see how that goes. Um, next. It's no secret that there's a reproducibility crisis in research. Recent study in the journal BMJ Evidence-Based Medicine investigated spin in psychiatry and psychology research. Uh, Spin, of course, is the reframing of a result to make it seem more beneficial despite it not being uh, statistically significant or Mm. to distract the reader from non-significant results, Mm. which is a problem because... You know, doctors rely on research to inform their treatment decisions. Um, so basically, you know, they're what they're, you know, I, I, I got this result I don't like, so I'll report it, but use language to make it look like it's better than it is mm-hmm. um, in order to get, I suppose, in order to get published, in order to get, which, you know, journals uh, also want readers. So, yeah. Do you guys get any, uh, do you guys get any, um, I don't know, advice about this. Um, Never lie. (laughs) Never lie. That's that's pretty much it. Like always tell the truth. And that's amazingly hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As like a consumer of medical or scientific literature, one piece of advice that I've gotten is if you start to get comfortable in your field and reading research in that field, instead of reading the abstract, the introduction, the discussion, and sort of looking at the results in between, look at the results from the beginning, make your own conclusions, and then see if the text supports the actual data that you see printed. Excellent. That's actually fantastic advice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you're probably going to go into the immunology program, right, Maddie? Or neuroscience. I am so torn. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. We talked about this. So we take a class um, in immunology, advanced topic. Actually, like most of our classes Mm -hmm. are oriented around how to read papers. And one of the best pieces of advice I got from a senior student is like, don't even read the body of the article. Just mm-hmm. look at the figures, draw your own conclusions, and then see how congruent they are with the writing. And then you'll, you can, I mean, everyone has to spin, right? And sometimes 
it's not necessarily spin. Like they really do believe in the data, you know, the, 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 the conclusion, conclusion that right. they've drawn. Right. Um, but That's, then the whole point of uh, peer reviewed research is, is to make sure that the conclusion you reach is a, uh, as true as possible, as close as possible to truth. Usually. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the best like fail safe method, but you can, in some journals, you can also request reviewers. Um, so that can be a biasing process mm. sometimes. Mm. Or if a finding in this paper that a reviewer reads supports the research that they're starting to work on or have almost ready to publish, they may say, you know, maybe spin it this way. We see this result. You could maybe infer this finding. And so it may sort of become a series of building off of papers that maybe the conclusions aren't as sound as they, mm. the original data shows it to be. Uh, researchers analyzed 116 abstracts. They found evidence of spin in 56%, 2% in titles, 21% in the, re in the results section of the abstract, 49% in the conclusion section of the abstract, 15% in both results and conclusion sections of the abstract. Um, I thought it was interesting that they found no correlation between spin and funding sources. You know, we, hmm. one of the things oh. that, that even I've heard about is, you know, always try to figure out where the money's coming from. For sure. You know, um, so that you know if, a, you know, one potential bias. I mean, there's a, uh, a big shift in the culture now of like disclosing your financial mm -hmm. um, support if it's mm -hmm. not from a government organization. So that helps a little bit, yeah. but interesting. So how did they define spin? Just like external people interpreting the results. It's a good question. Uh, selectively reporting outcomes where an author's only mentioned certain results. Uh, P-hacking. Mm. Uh, where researchers run a series of statistical tests but only publish the figures from tests that produce significant results and inappropriate or misleading use of statistical measures. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Always consult a biostatistician if yeah. you are ever in doubt on what test to run. They know their stuff. Yeah, they're worth every penny. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why they make unbelievable amounts of money and also like co-author billions of papers because most people know kind of the ABCs of statistical tests. But yeah, you're right. But, if you're, but again, that. if you're a physician trying to make a judgment based on the literature, you may not be able to call up a biostatistician for a consult. That's on the publishers. That's, yeah. that's on the, the yeah. lab. The researchers. That, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well... Let's hope I never ex never hear of any pee hacking from you people. <laughs> I have just heard of that term, so I'm the least likely to do that. It's not that what term. it sounds like. Is it? <laughs> Everyday person. <laughs> sounds like slang for a urinalysis. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to make any suggestions. It's a good urology okay. joke. Yeah, right. Yeah, we should, tell should use about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see what he says this afternoon during the white coat ceremony. He may have already thought of it. I, I got a super delightful uh, piece of feedback from a listener. Um, I won't share their name because I'm personal feedback di sent directly to you. Yeah, to my school email. Mm -hmm. Which um, this is a person, you know, to respect their privacy. I don't think that they. If they intended for this to be on the air, they would have sent it to Dave. But um, they mentioned uh, trying for a long time, uh, for a few years, uh, to get into med school. And they finally uh, got an acceptance. Um, and around their acceptance, they've been listening to the short code a whole lot um, before and after they found out. 
And um, I, I thought this was really nice. They said, I imagine that sometimes it feels like you might be speaking into the abyss without much coming back. Um, I just wanted to say you're my favorite co-host. Uh, I find your ability to articulate your opinion so incredibly inspiring and challenging. You have a great way of speaking a viewpoint without being domineering, but also while being really strong. And that's a trait I want to grow in as I receive my training. Uh, whenever, in the rare occasions when I get feedback like this, I stow it away in a folder that I call, on a bad day, open this. <laughs> and to remind myself that I'm not all bad. And I do do some good. <laughs> Dude. Um, <laughs> and then I'm also a child. Do uh, <laughs> do. Uh, that's great advice, actually, because um, my mother actually tried to do this with me once. You know, mm -hmm. I, when I was uh, when I was a young lad, so mm -hmm. I was uh, 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 feeling uh, concerned about my love life, and uh, my you know I was I was uh, telling my uh, my my mother about my troubles. And uh, she brought out, she brought out a folder um, in which she had collected all the nice things that my guidance counselors had said. Which, oh, sweet. Which, um, you know, like I, I could not help but burst into laughter because, <laughs> mom. <laughs> not the intended reaction, I mean, but <laughs> because, mom, God love you. Thank you so much for trying. Yeah. Not precisely. <laughs> the solution to this problem <laughs> but a valiant effort look your guidance counselors like you great i will date my guidance <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. it's our subliminal message there no but i think <laughs> date a gui guidance counselor <laughs> those people love you yeah. look at all these letters of recommendation people wrote you <laughs> That's okay i'll show these to my Potential dates. <laughs> yeah, bring your CV to the I've next I've brought my day. portfolio yeah. for you to examine. Just like slowly, like push it across the table. Slide it all. Might want to read this. Look you'll, how qualified I am to be your boyfriend. Really quality see, paper. <laughs> you'll see that Mrs. Jones uh, says I'm a uh, very personable and delightful student. I think that's uh, pretty much qualifies me to date you. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. Yeah. But I like the idea of collecting uh, good feedback that mm -hmm. way. Because, um, you know, it's it's, uh, it's unfortunately rare. Yeah. Um, the most vocal feedback givers tend to be people who are dissatisfied. Um, people go far fewer times out of their way to let someone know they're doing a yeah. good job. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, that's very meaningful, for sure. Now listen, short coats. Got to be real with you here for a minute. Don't recommend reaching out personally to co-hosts to provide them with feedback because it could feel a little. <laughs> Where is this going? I didn't say it was. Crazy. I I know you didn't, but it did occur to me. Like, you know, somebody had to f figure out how to get in touch with me personally. Oh, sure, sure. Okay. And, I guess uh, yeah. That's the fair. intention in this case was. I just want to be careful. If you want to, if you want to give feedback to uh, the co-hosts, uh, that's wonderful. You can send it to the shortcoats at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, you can send it to uh, David hyphen Etler at uiowa.edu. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You can call three, four, seven short CT. Uh, and uh, you know, that's a, that's a good way to reach out. Can we edit that to take creepy? I don't want this guy to feel bad that I, yes. you know, okay. okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe we can. That was for uh, you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you going to include that on the? Huh? Are you going to include that in the recording? You think I should? You I don't. I, I don't want him to feel. But you're not wrong. Like we don't want you know to encourage. That's why I didn't mention the sultry yeah. thing because like that's not something I want people to think is okay to send to me. But no. uh, you just say like for future reference. I would like to know if my yeah. voice is sultry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I, I see now I can't use any of that, any of this. <laughs> you can, but you know, I just don't want him to feel bad. No, he should. I mean, this person, I, I don't know if he or she, this person should not feel bad. Um, but you know, yeah, you never know what's out there in the world. Yeah, that's, that's so fair. sad. That's very sad. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you have to be careful about yeah. stuff like that. Um. Well, anyway, on that note, I will consider what to do about what we just said. Yeah. Um, but that is our show. Aline, Maddie, thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks. And of course, I thank you listeners for making us part of your week, for your feedback and for your supportive t-shirt orders over at theshortcode.com slash store. If you're new here and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other places fine podcasts are available. We love answering your questions. Haven't gotten one in a while. Um, so send your questions and comments to the shortcoats at gmail.com or you can leave us a message at 347shortct and we'll talk about it on the show. And hey, right now, while your podcast app is open, give us some stars and review. Let's us know you're happy with our work. Uh, we got a nice review from uh, Sarah from Finland um, who uh, said we're awesome. So appreciate that, Sarah from Finland. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine, student government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox. And our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week.